Welcome to the Fishers of Men podcast, brought to you by us at So Much Media. I'm Mary Ashley Burton. I'm Laura Samara Sands. This podcast is about relationships and your walk with Jesus. It's about the true stories of Christian men and women's struggles with chastity, sex, marriage, and relationships in a post-Christian culture. episode of Fishers of Men. Today we have Naftali Roberts with us. We are at her office in Montrose. Naftali, how are you doing? I'm doing great. (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, I am a marriage and family therapist. I, one of my specialties is I specialize in working with individuals that are either struggling to find love, get in relationships, or figure out how to have good relationships that they just haven't been able to find yet. So, so I foresee this is the first of many times you'll be on our show because yeah, that's exactly so. that's our mission for this <laughs> podcast. So we have you today on a topic that is very pertinent to our times, ghosting. So Ooh, yeah. what is it? What does it do? What do How, how could we not do it? How could we not do it? <laughs> Yeah, Mash, do you want to add to that? Because it was Mash's actual idea to bring this topic because it is such a pervasive thing, specifically on social media, when you're online dating, etc. Right, well, uh, actually, it's a topic that we've gotten requests for as well. Because it is so relevant, and there are so many questions, especially because the internet has changed dating so much that often, more often than not, you are dating online or like with someone that you know from the internet or someone mm-hmm. that you maybe met in real life but most of your communication is digital and I have been ghosted and I have also ghosted and I need to be held accountable for that because when you're communicating online it often feels like the person that you're communicating with kind of loses their humanity and then nobody really knows what to do and then if you both just stop communicating with each other like what really is that and but I've really been aware especially lately of the actual real life pain that it can cause Mm. just stopping communicating with someone and it's funny because it's not like this didn't happen in the past like my granddaddy even told me a story that he basically like ghosted this girl that he had been dating (laughs) but it just seems since communication is so instant and like you know that they received a communication from you and they're just not responding to it for whatever reason it makes it more personal it seems like yeah well why don't we first define exactly what we're talking about we're talking around it but what are we talking about specifically so ghosting and I mean you guys have probably been in the dating world a little bit more recently than I have Mm -hmm. although I'm not a lot more recently. <laughs> ghosting is when you're communicating with someone, whether you've gone on a date or not, but maybe you've had digital communication, met online, you're communicating a lot, or possibly you have been in real life space with them. Um, <laughs> actual you the same air. space. Woo. That's weird. You don't do that in the <laughs> day and age. But they just go radio silent. Like, maybe you've sent a text, maybe there's been an email, maybe whatever, but there just is no clear, oh, this isn't happening anymore. It's just, like, they're a ghost. They just disappear. 
this is slightly different. Like, there's a few other terms, although the, I think the psychology of them all, are all very similar in terms of, like, backburnering people mm. or freezing. It's, mm. it's a little less <laughs> than a ghost, but still similar in that you're like, eh, I maybe I'm not talking to this person. But put you'll, them on ice. You might freeze them. Um, you might breadcrumb them, which is that, like, wow. you're giving them little bits. Yeah. But it all kind of comes back sure. to this, like... Those are interesting terms. <laughs> ...idea. I, yeah. yeah. I also heard a new one, submarining, which mm-hmm. is where you, like, will come up for air, like, and communicate just mm-hmm. a little bit and then go back down. Yeah. Kind of like breadcrumbing, yes. yeah. almost. Yeah, it's very, very similar. I think it's a oh. similar concept. Which is worse! <laughs> I know, because it's like, oh, you give this dangle of hope, and then that person goes away or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, that happened to me recently, too. I guess oh. I guess you could say I'm kind of currently being ghosted, because there's no, like, Clear. end. Oh. <laughs> right. And I guess I'm currently ghosting as well, you know, since... <laughs> right. Because you're not like, hey, let me know. I think this is done. Yeah. Let's just call it what it is. Right. Let's be uh, adults and... Right. Wait, so to be clear, ghosting means not letting the other person know mm-hmm. versus like saying, okay, we are, we're done and we're not going to talk anymore. That's a different thing. Yeah. Okay. No, that's, that's, a health, that's a healthy end to a relationship. Okay. Mm. When people are first getting in relationships, one of the advices I give them, whether it's a relationship with kind of a business relationship, whether it's a friendship, whether it's a romantic relationship is kind of the idea of you should have in mind how this would end before you started because that helps you mm. create a healthy pathway because not every relationship is healthy for an individual to be in and so having a pathway to an end is a sign of adulthood um, it doesn't mean that you are ending it doesn't mean when you're getting married you're planning with a prenup or whatever but yeah. it is saying this is how we're going to communicate this when this or if this becomes a thing. Yeah, that's good. Which no one, almost no one does, ever. Wait, so how do you set up that pathway? Right, so I will give an example from my husband and I's relationship very, very early on. And to give a caveat, my husband is super direct, like (laughs) overly so. He very, very early on, like within the first week of talking, was like, hey, I think this might be serious. I'm not really ready to say that yet, but let's just consider that we're heading towards marriage unless I let you know that, or you let me know that that's not the path anymore. Well, that's really refreshing. That is refreshing, could be scary, but I think I would take that more than just like, hey, we're hanging out and Netflix and chilling. Right, Right. no, there was absolutely no chilling there. Um, (laughs) So, I mean, partially because he was on the road, which helped a little bit, but also because like he was just super clear. Um, And it made it easy because then in the future when hard conversations would happen, which always happen in any relationship, whether it's romantic or not, it made it easier for us to say, wait, is this like a red flag we're talking about, like this going not towards marriage anymore? Or is this just like, hey, we're going to figure this out. And so even if this conversation ends bumpy, we're not taking that as an exit point. We're taking this as we're still on the same pathway. And it did. It brought a lot of safety, which I'm sure you guys have talked about on your relationship for women. Safety is like, 
the number one thing. Yeah, and not just physical, but psychological, psychological emotional, psychological and, yeah, safety. Absolutely. And so, yeah, to avoid the concept, idea of ghosting. Now, you don't have to be like my husband who says the word marriage early on, but that's where we were in life. <laughs> and we had known of each other for a long time. Yeah. So it wasn't as crazy as that sounds. But it is clearly defining this is how we're going to talk about it if it needs to be talked about. That's great. We're saying, hey, let's go on a few dates and then let's check in about it. Like, yeah. do we feel anything or is this more of like, no, this is a friendship and yes, I want another friend or no, I don't want another friend. Mm-hmm. And you may be in a different place depending on where you are at in life. Yeah, that's good. So why do you think it's so hard to do that? Well, psychologically, especially if you're in your 20s and 30s, even 40s, 50s, 60s, all of us have a hard time knowing what we truly want. And so ghosting, submarining, breadcrumbing, any term you may come up with really comes out of this place of, do we feel secure enough to end something? Oh, wow. If you don't end it, it's always there. There is a level of security there. So when you say secure enough to end it, meaning I will be okay yes. never going back to this person or mm-hmm. going back to this person in a different mode, not yes. romantic, mm-hmm. and just different. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I know myself well enough to say this person isn't going to be my life partner or my next year partner or whatever, however yeah. you want to look at it. And I'm confident enough to own that. It's hard to own that. Oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah. you think that part of ghosting is wanting to leave the option open? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and it may not be, like, fully, like, known. Like, the per- I think a lot of times when we ghost, we don't know that is why we're doing it. And that's not the only reason. I think that that is a reason people ghost. Sure. I think it is a large driving force of why ghosting happens a lot right now because I think a lot of us haven't slowed down enough to figure out what we truly want. Statistics are showing that people are starting very serious dating relationships and I'm using air quotes because you guys can't see me (laughs) at a very very young age. One of the other populations I work a lot with are um, teenagers and kind of the seriousness of their relationships are a lot different than I experienced in high school. Like, we had boyfriends and girlfriends and all of that in high school, but you knew that it was just a high school relationship. Whereas now, people, well, one, are engaging in sexual relationships at a far younger age, and there's, like, so much science to, like, the chemical components of that. Oh, we're going to talk about um, that in a different yeah. episode. <laughs> but um, I'm curious, how, how young is it now? Well, I'm getting fourth and fifth graders in my office that are highly concerned that they're not in a relationship yet. Oh, my, um, oh my And I'm having, I mean, middle schoolers, the rate of sexuality has just skyrocketed. Oh, my So, gosh. I mean, like, I have a friend recently from church talking about that at local middle school and I think this was a very nice middle school not just the like on the edge kids they all have oral sex parties like 
instead of seven minutes in the closet where you're like making in out heaven. maybe yeah <laughs> so i see i was homeschooled i don't know any of these things <laughs> yeah um or like spin the bottle or, or any of that yeah they are having oral sex parties and so oh. that is just that frightens me so, so much yes and i want to bring children into this world <laughs> <laughs> yep it's terrifying terrifying says this mother of three so uh, yeah so i think wow. that that is just the pressure and that when you are that age just neurologically you can't know what and who you are let alone to try to then develop your dating patterns when you are really like 12 or 13. Oh i'm gosh. just neurologically that just makes no sense but it's what a lot of people are doing and then we don't live in a culture that really encourages individuals to like latch on to anything i think it's good to be flexible but i think we do also have to know what we are grounded into yeah. um, whether you know it's god or a belief system or whatever like having some sense of stability is super important and that just there's been a huge push against that and it is coming back to kind of a midline point but most young adults to middle adults really struggle with that they don't know how to find figure out what are their important things mm-hmm. and important things are definitely different than your like huge checklist that if that person doesn't miss mm-hmm. meet they're just like thrown out that's another actually tends to be a rigid approach to dating that I don't really recommend but I do think it's important to know like oh I trust myself enough to know no, okay, we've really had reached the end of what this is going to be. And trust yourself that you're going to be okay. And trust that you don't have to be in a relationship. Yeah. Even if you desire that and you long for that, would it be better to be single in this space than to hold on to little bits of other people um, just so you can feel like, if I really needed this, I could go back to this person. Mm. Mm. I want to ask, though, well, part of my motivation when I have ghosted is fear of confrontation, Mm -hmm. because sometimes when I have said, you know, look, I'm not interested in communicating with you anymore, it's gone really, really badly, you know, especially like, like just one example, I started talking to a guy from online, and he... Uh, very very quickly got really really weird like send me pictures and I was like there's pictures on my profile like why do you need pictures like no I want different pictures like and I was like I'm not gonna send you pictures and he got like anyway just yeah. just like really really weird and I was like you know what like I just don't want to talk to you anymore and he's just like well why and you know and just like kept badgering me but like you said so yeah 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 and yeah. it's actually kind of interesting because as I go forward on my like with my personal growth I realized that my fear of confrontation is also kind of rooted in me taking it really personally mm-hmm. when someone has a problem with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, how do we confront that? Yeah. Good question. No, that's a really good question. And I think that is kind of the second reason people ghost is we don't know how to say, I don't want this, and be okay with the negative feedback. Mm-hmm. And so part of that setting up at the beginning how – 
you guys are going to have that conversation or even just if you're not to that place to have that conversation in the relationship, you just started talking online. It'd be weird to have that conversation right away. But you having that conversation with yourself, like, how am I going to do this? And if they react strongly, how am I going to self-soothe myself Mm -hmm. to be okay with that? It's not a per. Well, they may be trying to personally hurt you in the moment, but you don't have to accept that personal hurt. So I always encourage individuals to say, like, okay, if this doesn't work out, what's that mantra I'm going to remind myself of that's going to be okay? And that's, like, before any of those hard conversations where you just are like, okay, I have to be okay that they may not understand this. They may not like this. They may feel hurt. They may feel anger because of that hurt. I can hear those. I do not have to take them in and make them my own. Yeah, that's so important. Yeah, because yeah. especially with the internet, like people seem freer to just say like the worst things that you would never say to a person. Like, it's ridiculous. I have another example. I have. St- too many examples of this but another example this guy that like at eight in the morning one day like randomly was like hey let's have sex and I was like uh no and like and he like kept doing the pickup artist thing where he would like be like oh like I I just because he had on his profile like model skinny only and I was like uh sorry like I'm definitely not what you're looking for and like this isn't gonna happen and and he'd be like oh no I like you just the way you are and then I would be like uh no and he'd be like why don't you lose weight and then you might get a date like nobody wants you and and he would like insult me and then he would Mm -hmm. go to the other extreme Mm -hmm. and then like be nice again and and it was like really weird and he was so weird I know it's so weird and so it's like even though in my mind I was like okay this person is uh, kind of crazy and, and yeah, unstable, yeah. Uh, uh, at least, at the very least, unstable. Like, I don't like throwing out the word crazy, but like, yeah. you know, this is something is off, and like, yeah. and I know that I, he's just saying stuff in order to hurt me because mm-hmm. of yeah. some reason that I don't know. Yeah. And so it's like, even though in my intellectual analytical mind, I'm like, yeah, this is not personal. He doesn't know me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. There's still a part of me that felt mm-hmm. something, you know? Right. And that's your emotion and that's okay to have it is reminding yourself that you don't have to mm, take in you have to feel your pain it's good to sit with it and feel sit with that discomfort but it doesn't have to be a mm, motivating factor and change like one of the ways we process emotions or how we process the emotion really changes how kind of the impact of them like if we say wow that really hurt and I feel sad but then we can kind of own that and then go to our thinking place Mm -hmm. of our brain and say wow it really sounds like that individual doesn't know how to soothe themselves after rejection and so Mm -hmm. they immediately go to an out like backlash Mm -hmm. anger spot and like I feel sad for them (laughs) and just kind of say like and now I'm going to make sure I turn off the part in the app where they can't reach me anymore and I'm going to let them know that like hey I'm not ghosting you but I am going to let you know I'm not going to respond to your messages anymore I think that's really important to set those boundaries like ghosting isn't setting a boundary that's the thing what ghosting is it's vaguely setting a boundary but not really 
So if someone's harmful or hurtful or just not for you, it's amazing and great and healthy to say, let me place this boundary. And that's emotional health. Oh, yeah. But at what point do you... Okay, so there's also this fear of making things awkward, you know, where it's like, so say like you've met someone and there's some chemistry and you just maybe don't really know what's going on, Mm -hmm. but then you don't really want to define it because you don't want them to be uncomfortable. But then for whatever reason, you know that you don't want to pursue a relationship with them or whatever, or you do want to pursue a relationship. Uh You know, it's like, how do we either learn how to make things not be awkward or how do we get over our fear of making things awkward? I think it's (laughs) taking the space and the time to sit in your awkward. Now, Mm. you maybe won't feel... 100% 100% comfortable or be okay saying that space the first time you try it but it's like that concept of like you can do anything for five seconds I don't know if you guys have watched Kimmy Schmidt but like <laughs> oh, yeah. she like talks about like that you can do anything for five seconds so like if you're learning to sit in your awkward being okay with that it's awkward and do it for five seconds and ten seconds and then a minute and then six days. You know, <laughs> it's just learning to be okay with it a little bit more at a time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, there's, it's just a process. It's not a, like, step, one, two, three, step to <laughs> getting okay with your awkward. Yeah. I would make a bazillion dollars if I had that one, <laughs> two, three step. <laughs> Because it's like, I feel like the more that you get ghosted, there is more of a desire to just kind of shut yourself off from your emotions and just be like, oh, whatever, like, I didn't care about them ever anyway. And, you know, or or like, and not even necessarily want to look at new options for the future because you're like, oh, whatever, this isn't going to work out. He's just, at one point, I'm going to send a message and he's just not going to respond. Oh, because that's just how everybody works now, you know? (laughs) So do you have any advice for being able to remain open and vulnerable and feeling our feelings? Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Mm-hmm. No one likes that. I know. Uh, No, boo. Um, Yes, I think it is doing in some ways what you just said, letting yourself for a moment be in, man, this is really scary and it's painful and acknowledging it acknowledging things really takes away their power it it's good i like the science of it because i think it's really important when we can name things when we can call them by that name we've given them or its true name it takes us from like our reaction place in the brain like our fight flight Mm. freeze part to our prefrontal cortex Mm. which is our thinking part of our brain it's our analytical so our emotions live kind of in all of those places, but when we can take them from this like instinctual response place to a naming and moving on place, it takes away some of their power mm-hmm. and still allows you to experience them, but then change your response. So you don't have to ignore that you feel sad and hurt to be able to have courage. You actually need to acknowledge that you feel sad and hurt to be able to say, okay, I do, but 
I also am choosing to believe that this is worth it. Yeah, it's it's interesting because it kind of recently happened where a guy that I really, really liked kind of, we were in communication for a while, then he dropped off, then I reached back out to him and he responded like immediately, but then... I responded back, and then he dropped off again, and, <laughs> and at this Maybe point... submarine was out of signal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and at this point, I'm like, okay, I'm done, like, because I want, like, something real, and this feels very immature to me. It has taken me so long. Like, I, I've been trying that. Like, I've been trying to, like, just acknowledging that I'm sad and just kind of, like, trying to do things to get through the sadness and stuff. But it's been such a long process, and I think proportionate to, like, the hopes that I had and, like, how much I liked him, you know? And it is so hard just to actually try to look for the gifts, and that's what I've been trying to do with it is, like, well, maybe it wasn't what I wanted, but, like, from that experience, I learned this, and he introduced me to that, and, you know, like... It, it taught me this lesson and that lesson and maybe that's all that it was instead of being like god you gave me this opportunity and then like didn't let away. me have it yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's a slow process it's not quick and especially if it's happened multiple times right the recovery process after the sixth ghosting or submarining is a lot harder because you're still healing Mm. from the wounds it's Mm. from the first one yeah it's like compile yeah it's like you keep getting hurt in the same spot and like you feel like every time there's like more flesh kind of scooped out and so like even though you cover it and there's like a protective covering it hasn't filled in the hole so every time that cover gets oh that's a good metaphor it's like a scab just getting ripped off Mm -hmm. and it just it really does take time and sitting with it and continuing to do that sort of process like you're doing now where you're like okay I get where I am now and I see where that pain point is um and yeah how can that how can I not wallow in that but also how can I let that teach me and be my friend like I think our feelings and our emotions can teach us things I think we can be friends with them and ask them what they need and um also what they can teach us um, yeah, I mean, anywhere from, like, oh, maybe next time, like, if someone's done that, maybe I'm gonna, like, see if my gut's telling me, like, even if they're, like, super cool and, like, everything I want, maybe I'm, like, not gonna go back for a round, too. Mm-hmm. Which is not to say you did anything wrong, because maybe you learned the most from that process. And dating is hard. Mm-hmm. just talking to a woman at my Pilates class this morning and both of us are married and we're like someone was talking about going on a really bad blind date and I was like I don't miss dating yeah. she's like oh no me either and like both of us were like yeah if her husband's died I think we just won't but <laughs> I just can't can't do that again I can't it's way too much online even like 10 years ago it was like online but not yeah, yeah. online so yeah, it, I mean, it. Um, d- dating is definitely really hard. And it's also hard to know because there are so many factors to ghosting. And that's, for me, that has been another important perspective to keep in mind that it might not have anything to do with me. And it could be yeah. just circumstances or, like, this person's making their it's own hard choices. To, hard to internalize sometimes, though, especially if it happens over and over again. Yeah. 
Um, and the first time it happens, especially with someone you really like, you kind of don't want to believe that what's going on, you know? Yeah. So at least in my mind, um, I didn't want to reach out again because I wanted to hold that hope for something. And then also, you know, it's like, well, I want to be like really cool about this. <laughs> and, um, and I don't, you know, want it to matter. I want to just like live my life. And then it kind of got to the point where I was like, well, I want to reach out again and just see if this is what's going on. Is he just like not contacting me for a reason or is it on me to continually reach out? Because because I was like, I mean, I don't want to get to the end of my life and be alone just because I didn't have the courage to reach out. Yeah. You know. But you also want to be wise and if it's always you the one initiating. Right. Yeah. And not waste all your yeah. time and energy <laughs> trying to reel something in that's just not interested. Yeah. 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 So that's kind of the really tough balance with dating that I find. It's like, how much are we responsible for? And, you know, mm. like... Definitions and boundaries, though, I think have been missing, like, several generations of dating. We just don't know how to set definitions and boundaries. Yeah. Because even talking about dating from our very first podcast episode, we just, people don't understand really what dating's purpose is what the end goal is like when you said that you know having a mind of what the end at least at the end of that stage it doesn't have to go to marriage per se but actually coming to a, a head where we're like okay an, now an agreement can, yeah to okay now this is a good time where we can talk about next steps and then when we're not setting those it is like a boundary we just recently did an episode about boundaries which mm -hmm. has been life-changing so I've been evangelizing the book boundaries by Townsend and, mm -hmm. and Cloud and it's so good, but I think people just don't understand that they have the tools to make it a little easier for them, but we live in a culture where if everyone's doing it, we're kind of learning what everyone else is doing and not understanding how the healthy route could be for both dating, for both not ghosting, you know, and um, it has messed us up. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like there's kind of been, and like I said, I think we're coming a little bit back to a midpoint but there's a season where like boundaries were like there's like boundary shaming mm -hmm. like mm. oh like that person like they just said no like but what like that's yeah. just like it's it's You're more of crude. The, right yeah. and so and it could be even from just like they just believe that and like they're judging me and it's like well no setting a boundary can be done in a very unjudgmental way. It's just them being aware of their own needs and stuff. Mm. So yeah, I always like to like encourage people to make sure they're not boundary shaming other people. That's yeah. so interesting. Yeah. Especially in the Me Too movement now. Yeah. It's like now, yes, we can have this freedom mm -hmm. to set those boundaries mm -hmm. and to be okay with it. And, and to we be actually empowered. need to verbalize them yeah. because mm -hmm. that is what other people are expecting from us. Yeah. I'm sorry yeah. I cut you off while you can say. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I was going to say that about the Me Too movement, but it's yeah. also really interesting, especially in the context of, like, Christian conversations about this, yeah. especially online, like, and especially being women. I feel like we are kind of between a rock and a hard place in a lot of ways because I see a lot of conversations that people are having about, like, what's wrong with dating, and both women and men t tend to blame women. <laughs> and it's like, well, women's standards are too high, and, like, they're not giving people a chance, and... Like, I read a really, really depressing article a few months ago that was, like, 
women like maybe you just don't even need to like your husband because once you're married realistically you won't really even see him all that often and like if you have kids you'll just like spend time mostly with them yeah What was this? Yeah, this was this lady who wrote this whole book about it. That she was like, it's like the beauty of settling or, or something. It's it's the called the beauty of settling. It, well, I don't know if that's the title, but that's oh. like the, what the, the idea is. Was... It's something about the joys and like all the wonderful things that come from settling, and it made me cry and like want to die because I was like, I'm sorry. Like there are certain things that I'm just not gonna apologize for that I know that I want, and actually. Yeah. And for a long time, I was in that space of like, okay, sure, I'll go out with anybody. Like, it doesn't matter. And I'm the problem. Like, I'm the one that needs to be more open-minded. And, you know, like, and even, like, in Christian circles, too, there's this idea of, like, even if you date someone, you know, there's a missionary dating that's like, you can draw someone into oh, the gosh. Lord. Yeah. So, you know, like, like there, I mean, there are obviously lots of different perspectives. Because sure. there are other people that would say, like, oh, no, only date a Catholic or only date a, a you know, committed Christian or whatever. But, like... I would I would be in that circle actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and like actually now I'm like more on that that side. <laughs> but for a while I was getting this like really bad advice. That's just the point oh, that yeah, you know, yeah. and I just mm-hmm. felt like I was the problem, and I had a really 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 hard time defining what I wanted, saying what I wanted, wow. you know, and I felt really really guilty for even putting any sort of words yeah. to what I wanted. Well, I think it is super important to know what you want right now. Mm. And I say right now because I'd say that a lot of things are flexible. I think it's important to have those few things, like safety things, those core belief things, whatever your core beliefs are, and a few other things, maybe. But then the other things be like, hey, these are, I think, important to me. But I'd be willing to give this person two dates if they don't sure. show any of those other things. I think it's Cloud and Townsend that do Red a light, book. yellow well, light. Well, they do how to get a date worth keeping or something. Oh. There's, like, a book. And yeah. they, like, do this experiment. And maybe someone else. I'm sorry, author, if I've missed <laughs> That's what I do. And I thought when I was dating that their concepts were interesting because it did allow Base to get past some of the awkwardness. Yeah. So, like, I was, like, queen of, like, that was a really awkward first date. I don't want to go on a second one. Yeah. But if my friends would ask, like, why? Like, was there anything, like, that you couldn't, like, see yourself being with? And, like, well, no, I just didn't, like, love it or I didn't feel a spark or yeah. whatever. And then I, the concept I liked from that book was give anybody a second date because theoretically the second date might be a little less awkward yeah. or a little yeah. less nervous that's um, true less d- jitters less yeah. jitters yeah. although I did put that into practice recently mm-hmm. and went on a second date and literally almost fell asleep like while the guy was talking but then then that was my answer because because it's true like on a first date like it was a like perfectly pleasant like fine date like I felt like I had to fight a little bit to keep the conversation going but it was okay and and I agreed to a second date because of that reason. Like, oh, maybe it was just stilted because... Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then now you know. Now I so- know. And actually, I was able to, like, end it well. Mm-hmm. And um, and, okay. that, and that's the other thing, too, is that sometimes we have this, like, catastrophic idea um, in mind of what's going to happen or how someone might react. But it might not be that way. 
you know? Yeah. Hey, like, some people react and other people will go, oh yeah, me too. <laughs> or, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Or, or like, just, well, at least we tried. Thank yeah. you. You know? Or like, that was really fun. You know, I always thought it was interesting when both people on a date would end it with like, thank you so much. And nobody would say like, let's do it let's again. Let's do it again. <laughs> but I always felt like that was successful as yeah. opposed yeah. to like, oh, those dates that ended and you were like, okay, thanks. <laughs> and the person was like, oh my gosh, we should do this again. I can't wait to do it again. Yeah. And you're just like... How quickly can I get to my door? <laughs> my car. I already called my Uber. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I have another question. Like me, I feel like I've been talking a lot about me as the victim, but like I also have. Your story is probably several dozen if not more people's like <laughs> also stories so. yeah. well because I want to ask if we find ourselves to be the person who has ghosted how should we m- sort of make amends or should we even try because I recently had it happen and I feel like this is like okay God's laughing at me again like because God's always putting me in these situations but like probably like three or four years ago I went on a date with this guy from OkCupid and like he was really nice and it was fine but at the time I was like really hung up on someone else and ultimately I just didn't really feel a spark and and we like talked on the phone and texted but ultimately like at a certain point he sent me a message and I just never responded well fast forward I did an improv show and he was like in the same show and it took me a while I was like he looks really familiar like where do I know him from oh, no. <laughs> then I I figured it out and afterwards he like said hello to me as if he knew me and I was like I was being like polite to him and stuff and then I ended up I, I thought about it in my mind like should I go address this because I actually feel really bad and then I ultimately just walked away. Mm-hmm. And it was, I felt like God was giving me the perfect moment because it was like we were at a bar, I had a drink, like, you know, it was like low key, no pressure, you know. I, I can even address it in like sort of a fun way, you know, because it's not like we're in a serious situation or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, I didn't. And then mm-hmm. now looking back, I'm like, I feel like such a coward. Like, I feel like God was just directly inviting me to like, hey, like, conquer your fear, like, do something right. So let me ask a because question. What stopped you from doing it? You said current, like, and fear. So why, what was that fear of? What were you thinking? Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, I feel like at the time it was more just like, well, I could do this, or I could just leave and not worry about it (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know so so it's like the trouble like should I go to the trouble of doing something Mm -hmm. that might make me uncomfortable or can I just like drink another beer and leave Mm -hmm. and not have to worry right well and have you thought about it since I mean I thought I thought about it because I found that I was like tagged in some pictures that I think he was also tagged so like I could and I have no interest I just want to say like no interest in pursuing anything with him like you just want to say sorry. I, I would, yeah. So it's like, I, it, I, it could be possible for me to find him online and to just reach out. 
but I also am worried of like, well, the more time passes, is it getting more and more awkward to reach out? Like, is he gonna see my message and be like, what, you know? Or, and like, yeah, and what is my motivation? Like, is it just to make me feel like mm-hmm. I'm a better person? Right. Well, and that's the thing. How many years ago was this? It was a long time. I don't even remember. It was a long but time you ago. recently just saw him again, right? Right. Like, yeah. last week or whatever. But Not, still, yeah. like, that, I think that question you just said, like, what is my motivation? Mm-hmm. Like, I think if it's been more recent and, like, the idea of being like, oh, I messed up and let me, like, address if there's a pain point. But it's been so long. And from what you're saying, he also didn't seem to be, like, weird with you. Yeah. Or yeah. A, he did say hi. Yeah, yes. he said hi. Which he made eye contact. <laughs> he made. I mean, so I always like. I think that question of like, yeah, why am I wanting to do this? Sometimes communication is not needed if it's out of this place of just making ourselves feel better. Yeah. Because like, what if he like totally has forgotten about that? Maybe it wasn't a deal for him right. either. Yeah. So like, I mean, I think it's okay to just be like, okay, I if I run into him again, maybe I'll take that opportunity. But I do also think it might be kind of weird and a little presumptuous to, right. like, be like, oh, I'm sure I hurt you, so right. let me apologize. That's a um, good point. Because yeah. he also didn't, it's like, I stopped responding to his text, but he also didn't, like, send a follow-up text. So, in my mind, for, like, four years or three years <laughs> or whatever, I was just like, oh, whatever. It was just, like, he wasn't that interested and I wasn't that interested, and that's okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that it's hard to review the past, and unless we, like, actually know we've wronged someone, Mm -hmm. then, like, we should definitely do that. But I think I'm always a big fan of just, like, okay, how to not do it in the future. Like, how to, like, be, like... So maybe that was just a lesson on, like, oh, like, if I continue to do this in the future, I'm going to keep having these awkward Mm -hmm. situations where I assume I'm just never going to see someone again, and then they'll pop up in the most random places. L.A., though... Big, it's not <laughs> that big, yeah, or whatever yeah. town yeah. anybody that's listening to this might yeah. be living, yeah. Like, it's just you're gonna run into people, and you just don't want those moments where you're like, yeah. Is that the guy that I ghosted? Yeah. Like, <laughs> right, I definitely remember I ghosted someone, you know, back in my dating days, and I remember anytime I was around the group of people of the person that had set me up with a person. I was always paranoid, like, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. my gosh, is this guy gonna like show up? Yeah. Because I knew that I had just totally yeah. not responded. Mostly because he called me like 12 times the weekend after our date. And mm. I was like trying to get up the courage <laughs> to say, like, I don't wanna go out with you again. And after 12 calls, I chickened out and just never responded. Because I, like, felt really like my boundaries had been crossed. And I was in my 20s, and I didn't know how to say, like... Right, right. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that... um, We're coming to a close on our time. So what would be some just good... Either things that you've already said, but just, like, here's a couple of points. Like, when you feel like you're being ghosted or you want to ghost somebody, like, here's some points to just think about. That's a good one. Like, what if you run into them? That's Mm -hmm. awkward. (laughs) Yeah. I'd say, like... Well, like, how could you just, if you're thinking of ghosting someone, asking yourself, like, why am I not just going to say this is done? Asking yourself, like, can I easily just end this? 
can do, am I kind of feeding a need I need to work on by like kind of always having the upper hand, having Mm, control, having having this power. Um, Letting them have the last words. (laughs) mm -hmm. I think those are all like important like ghosting and like, yeah, do I need to just mature up, grow up, do whatever and just be like, hey, you're great not for me like and just I think we put a lot of drama into things that maybe don't need to have drama Mm -hmm. and so like saying like am I making this much more dramatic than it needs to be yeah like I think out of it nine out of ten people are just gonna be like okay and go on yeah right but like maybe one person might scream at you or call you names or whatever and just being okay with like okay I don't have to take that I can say I'm hanging up the phone now I don't have to look at their messages I can block them yeah and then I think if you are have been ghosted or keep getting ghosted I think it is you know one like we said sitting being okay with being sad and sitting in that place and knowing what you need to do with that sadness and know that it's not a quick fix thing especially if it's happened a lot of times I think it's also asking yourself, and it may be nothing, but, like, is there something that I'm drawn to in people? Is there something that I feel safe to in a certain type of person that maybe ghosts with more frequency? Yeah. Um, Unavailable. Yeah, (laughs) unavailable, which often looks, like, exciting and also looks like sparks. Yeah, that's a whole different episode that if you haven't done it, you definitely <laughs> do. Yes. But, like, yeah, look, doing some self-reflection in that, too. Like you said, it happens all the time, so it's definitely, I don't want people to hear that I'm saying it's their fault. But there is, if it's happening with patterned frequency, maybe do a little self-reflection as to, like, if there's any whys on my part. You may come to the answer, No. And then there's not. And then you just have to figure out how to have courage to go and try again. And that's the hard thing with dating, Mm -hmm. the try again part. Yeah. I think part of it, too, is also trying to maintain perspective on what is actually happening. Mm Because I feel like sometimes when we've been really hurt by ghosting, part of it is because we kind of imagined a relationship Mm -hmm. that wasn't necessarily there. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I I mean, that is a whole conversation yeah. <laughs> yeah features thinking yeah and so yeah. yeah just maybe trying to take a step back and being like okay well actually what was going on was that I had a lot of hope and yeah. this was obviously not as important to the other person as it was to me mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that's a good one too well, I've had I've had a lot of ghosting in my time, Laura. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I'm sure you're helping very many people <laughs> who are experiencing similar things and stories. So it's good. Yeah. Share your story. It's a good. Share it's always it. good. Yeah. Well, I think yeah that that is a good point though is that we do need to be talking about this mm-hmm. and because the whole like the reason why ghosting is so painful is because it's a total breakdown in communication and it's because we're not being brave enough to. Yeah. put things into words so yeah you know or even talk about our feelings or even mm-hmm. in all your feelings to ourselves mm-hmm. so yeah yeah so people go out and buy a Brene Brown book and <laughs> you know watch her TED talk watch her TED talk that's exactly right yeah. do you have any last thoughts Natalie before we sign off here 
think we've covered a lot of things. We have. <laughs> we yeah. don't want to overwhelm people sure. with them. Um, well, we do hope to bring you back. That is a, asking you out on a second date. So, um, <laughs> but where, where can people find you? Um, you work for yeah. this company. And so I have a therapy practice in Montrose, California. I'm able to see people in the office. I do walk and talk therapy, which is something fun too. So if you're an active individual that likes to be out and talking and that helps you process, we That's can so cool. We can totally do that. I have a couple areas throughout LA County that I do that. And then I'm also able to help individuals throughout the state of California through online counseling. So if you're an individual that kind of is listening to this now or some of the other episodes and is like, I really want relationships to happen or work and I'm successful and feel confident in so many other ways and like, why can I not figure this dating thing out? I would love to speak with you um, and either work with you or um, connect you to someone else in your area so even if you're in another state you can either find me at a website called helpforyourfamily.com or you can email me at naftali at helpforyourfamily.com and I'd love to speak with anyone because I like helping people on this journey. (laughs) Thank you so much, Naftali. We'll have your information in the show notes. So refer to the show notes if you want to find that website or her email. Thank you so much. And seriously, we'll we'll have to talk about all the other topics that we like went on a tangent with. Like, oh, we got to talk about that and that and that. But thanks, Naf. And everyone, have a good day. Thank you for listening to our podcast. This has been another episode of Fishers of Men. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please email us at fishersofmenpodcast at gmail.com or find us on our website at fishersofmenpodcast.com. We are also on Facebook under Fishers of Men. Follow us on Twitter at at LA Gone Fishing or on Instagram at Fishers of Men Podcast. There is an underscore after each word. Please also remember to rate and make comments on iTunes if you feel so inclined. It's really important so that other people can discover our podcast. I'm Larson Sams. I'm Mary Ashley Burton. Until next time.